Yusuf Shaheen podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Shaheen's final film, Chaos, from 2007. Uh, so we've been hanging on to this for a while because we wanted to wait until we had no more Shaheen films to watch. Um, although we haven't seen all his films, we have some we can go back and catch up on hopefully. But this is the final one we have access to at the moment. So Jose, what did you think? First, I think it's important to say that it's co-directed. Do you remember who it's co-directed by? Uh, Khaled Youssef. I must also say I knew nothing about the film going in mm. and I know nothing about it now except my experience of viewing it. So I haven't been able to do any contextual research or read any reviews or anything like that. So kind of my response in a way is going to be delimited yeah, uh, mm. by, by that. But I thought it was fantastic, actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's, it's one of his best. It's a real achievement, right? Because, I mean, basically the story is one about this very corrupt prison official, Hatem, who um, bilks money out of the populace at every occasion, abuses them, completely corrupt, corrupts the system, rapes, uh, you know, we're shown quite a brutal rape, and Mm. endless torture scenes. He gets off on torturing people. And yet, I felt kind of sympathetic to him, and I think the film is kind of sympathetic to him, right? And I think that's always a real achievement in a filmmaker where, you know, in telling the story, he gives you, or they, in this case, give you a whole analysis of a world, because it is a world that we're shown, yeah, and then has as a central character this person who's as evil as evil can be. And nonetheless, you do feel a twinge of sympathy for him. He's this awful, you know, this this monster in his professional life and his behavior towards the woman but he he's a real loser in the community really i mean and that's where the sympathy comes from but yes yeah, it's, re- it's really really well done it's perhaps worth saying in terms of the co-direction so the co-director is Khaled Youssef who had been collaborating with Shaheen for years and he's actually the guy who's in Cairo as seen by Shaheen the film student that, that Shaheen meets in, in that film is, is Khaled Youssef I've found a few contemporary articles from when this came out because this was 2007 it's a, a period where you know news news stories about the making of it and and um contemporary reviews of it are online um it seems that Khaled Youssef stepped in to direct because of Shaheen's health so um Shaheen was ill while making the film and, and died the following year um and that's what stopped him being sole director as I understand it all right um, well, you know, that's that's very interesting uh, in itself. So are we to take this film then as a Shaheen film, really, rather than as a, a film that's co-directed? I think that's probably fair. Khaled Youssef had collaborated on 
Shaheen's three previous films, kind of as you know, assistant director or second unit director or, or whatever. I, I don't know what his health was like when he started making the film, right? So whether, whether this was always the intention that there'd be two of them, um, but it, it, certainly the news stories from the time were that Shaheen was directing, and then and then Khaled Youssef stepped in. Right. Okay. Um, um, so so that's very interesting to know. Um, the film begins with a riot, yeah, and it ends with a riot. Mm. Uh, and it's basically a very kind of archetypal Shaheen trope of a, a you know a rising up of the populace, right? And and an interesting thing there is this was this was two thousand and eight, and the riot is also two thousand and seven, and the riot is prompted by police brutality and the Egyptian revolution in two thousand and eleven when Mubarak fell from power was prompted in, in, in large part by police brutality. So, you know, effectively, Shaheen is predict not, well, he's, he's showing that three years before it happened. Yes, but uh, he's also presumably showing the world as he understood it, mm. you know, and I have rarely seen a film be more critical of the culture than this one, right? Because, you know, the corruption is systemic, it's pervasive, it invades absolutely everything, you know, from someone who's selling a coffee you know, to mm. someone who's bribing an official, you know, that is almost like systematically depicted through the figure of Hatem. Yeah. So, you know, that is kind of quite an extraordinary kind of critique and condemnation in the film. That said, the film is a love story and it's also a melodrama. <laughs> that I found interesting that it is a real classic melodrama and it, it sort of harks back to his earliest films, really. Um, so, yeah, the, this, the, the love story aspect, you have a two mothers who's in sort of late middle age and the one has a son who's the district attorney and she's a head teacher one of her colleagues is in love with the son a younger teacher and they're sort of star-crossed lovers but the son is in love with this drug addict <laughs> drug addict whore or whatever, yes. <laughs> um, who is kind of you know no better than she ought to be and wearing short skirts and all this kind of thing Actually, um, and can i just interpolate there for a moment mm. because that is the most surprising character i've seen in a shaheen film his attitude to that woman who after all is simply a liberated woman who's got the right, rights to her own body i mean the worst thing she does is you show her you're you're shown her smoking a little hash and dancing tango and salsa with someone which is like you know the worst perversion you know that's like you you you, you yeah the film makes you feel is the worst perversion you know, so you have all these rapes and distortion and everything, but no, the whisper version is this woman in a low-cut dress dancing the tango, right? Like, yeah, ah, yeah. I've <laughs> never seen him adopt such macho attitudes before. See, the depiction of that modern woman, who I think actually has been criticized more for being nouveau riche than for being, you know, modern. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is a real indictment of Shaheen. It's kind of something you know, that I would not normally associate with him. Usually he is for modernity and women's liberation and, yeah. And yet this is, you know, here he opts for the respectable good girl, the school teacher, you know, who kind of doesn't wear mini skirts and, you know. That is interesting, isn't it? And uh, um, I mean, there's also that odd scene where the head teacher takes the teacher shopping for clothes and the, the the older woman is trying to persuade her to wear a shorter skirt mm. <laughs> um, and to, to, to be more liberated. Um, 
but yeah, the the attitude towards that character, towards towards the the sort of drug addict, or however you want to call her character, is, is odd. It's part of that is driving the melodrama, right? So she's the if you think back at one of the fifties films, you know, she'd be the kind of you know evil temptress who's leading the guy away from the straight and narrow. But it just know, feels but, odd in the context. But it's just odd because he could have chosen other th- though. Maybe you know he knows the culture better than us, and yeah. some things would have been completely unacceptable maybe to an Egyptian audience. I don't know, you know. But you could have condemned her for sleeping around and being. For being a liar, or for being unfaithful, or you know, mm. for all kinds of things, but for condemning her for having a tattoo done, you know, and for having an abortion, and uh, for dancing, mm. Mm. yeah, it's kind of certainly at least it jives badly with a Western sensibility that considers all of those things, you know, something a woman has a right to do. Yeah, but woman has a right to her own body, and that includes either dancing with it or having an abortion. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. it feels very conservative. It feels uncharacteristically conservative in a Shaheen film. Maybe that's the influence of Khaled Youssef. We don't know the nature of that collaboration, I guess. Or it could also be a sign of, you know, trying to communicate to a different era, you know, with, you know, with a different kind of symbology, really. But whether it's a different era or not, it's very interesting in this film that it's both of young women who pay the price of the action that takes place. The good girl gets raped, you know, the bad girl, you know, has an abortion and gets dumped. You know, the guy is basically the fairy tale prince and the mothers, in a way, are above that and driving that. Mm. But, yeah, it's an interesting representation because, you know, all of the older men are all corrupt and evil. All of the younger men are either protesting, they're in jail, they're being tortured, or in the case of our hero, he's just like, you know, the angelic DA, right? But actually... He's, he's, he's pretty useless at that, because, I mean, what, he, what happens is he's effectively saying, all these prisoners should be released, get them out of my office, they're all released, but they all just get carted straight back to the police station and put in the dungeon by the... By the bad cop, yes. um, and he, he has no idea. Um, no, well, one person can't fight the whole system. Exactly. <laughs> He's got to join the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was excited from the very beginning of the film. There's a shot where uh, Hatem uh, is pushing, you know, some prisoners down the stairs, you mm. know, uh, in at police headquarters. You know, and the camera is tracking from behind the bars of the stairs, right? And then it stops kind of right in front of all the prisoners tumbling down the stairs, right? And you think, yeah. oh my God, that's thrilling cinema, right? Like, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the film is full of it, of shots like that. You know, the camera never ceases to move. It's always purposeful. Uh, I think the performances are the best, well, the most consistently good that I've seen in a Shaheen film, right? Because, mm. you know, Shaheen is, is quite uneven. I mean, sometimes they're marvelous, but there's always like one dud or, you know, one stiff or... But in this one, you know, they are kind of uniformly good, right? Like the people who have roles, obviously the young DA doesn't get to do much, but he's not bad, right? Mm. You know, but, but Hatem, the mothers, you know, the 
the gang leader of the prostitutes in jail. They're all fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as usual in Shaheen films, these great roles for strong older women that you always see in, see in his films. Um, and, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the corrupt policeman is also great because it is quite a complex he manages to make it more a more complex part. It could be could just be a two dimensional cartoon villain, but I think he he brings a kind of humanity to it. Yeah. Um, that, that that I think adds to it. I mean, I think in a way the character is is drawn very one dimensionally, mm. right? So you know, it's it's you're told his story, you know, and it's basically like a 1950s story. Oh. I was orphaned and then I was brought up by these cruel aunts and, you know, this mm. uncle who beat me and I was shifted from aunt to aunt. <laughs> and you think, okay, boo-hoo. <laughs> so, you know, the way that he's explained is actually kind of banal. Mm. I think um, the way the actor plays him really adds a warmth and a humor you know, and an understanding. I mean, this man is a, as much a victim of his circumstances and his culture as anyone. The sexual frustration is really palpable. You know, the violence is palpable. I mean, that shot where he, he shoots his gun at the poster. So he's mm. had a poster made up of the woman he loves, of Noor, with her face, but then a body, the body of a skin magazine, right? Which mm. is, she's not bikini, but... It's obviously what passes for a skin magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and he shoots her in the eyes, right? And then, mm. of course, the eyes bleed. So it's taking something literally and taking it, and then taking it further into the, the status of symbols, right? That poster couldn't bleed. You know, the bleeding is something that the film is doing for yeah. us, right? Mm. Um, and very potent, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really, I mean, the, the way that character's played is really interesting because it's like that whole sequence where he's takes the the, the girl, force, well, kind of forces the girl to go to dinner, and he's kind of and he's got a wig, and it's kind of played for laughs, and it and it is quite a funny scene. But then immediately after that, it pivots and he drags her onto the boat, and and then then takes her off on a saltzer, and it, and it but it, it makes sense into the, the character sells it, you know, you 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 buy into that, I think. Yes, I think you do very much. And I think the, the actor, the performer, is wonderful with the humor. The scene at the beauty salon with the trying on of the different wigs, mm. you know, was, was fantastic. And it has surreal moments. So there's a whole gang of prostitutes in jail, you know, and even there they're making money by letting the male prisoners have a peek at them mm. that they have to pay for, right? All of that is so witty. And then, of course, there's... There's the dancing in the jail, you know, and it's dancing in formation. It's quite surreal in a way, yeah. Mm. It's kind of yeah, almost Fellini-esque yeah. or something, yeah. Um, this is it, because it, it seemed to start off, the, it felt to me, the, the, the scenes over the opening credits felt seemed to be um, like news footage of an actual riot. So it goes from that realism and then goes to these, these kind of, as you say, quite surreal sequences um, and quite comedic sequences and, it, and it's, it's sort of overblown soap opera a bit like some of his other 90s films you know like kind of dinner steel or john waters film or something but then by the end you you know you, the the end is very sort of really gripping and, and, and really serious again what did you make of the relation between noor and her soon-to-be mother-in-law 
Nor is the girl that the DA's mother wants for him instead of that Nuborish hussy. (laughs) (laughs) And they work at the same school, yeah, and they've grown to like each other, yeah, but there's a sense in which she's pushing her onto her son, right? So what did you make of that whole relationship, that triangle, the relationship between, you know, her and Noor, but also the relationship between Noor and uh, the son? It, it's a little odd. I mean, the, the relationship between the mother and the old, well, the mother-in-law and the, and, and the daughter-in-law is is a little odd. I mean, it's like the daughter-in-law, yeah, she's the daughter-in-law's boss, but the daughter-in-law is kind of making up little poems about her and, and, and the son mm. in the school and kind of mooning over the son who really isn't at this point really isn't interested but then as you say the mother keeps bringing her around to the flat and sort of parading her and and also trying to get her to I mean it's almost like pretty woman <laughs> she t- takes her to the shop and gets her to wear a short skirt um presumably to make her more attractive to the son mm. um it's kind of like she's grooming her as to, to be what the son wants mm. Yes, that's a weird kind of dependency there, really. Um, what do you think of the rape scene? I mean, it's a really grim scene. It was surprisingly explicit. I mean, you don't you don't actually see see the rape, but you see, you know, you see blood on the dress afterwards and the ripped dress. I mean, it was it was yeah, quite a quite a nasty scene and quite shocking. One of the things that I like very much about this film is that it feels like a large scale film. Mm. It's got it's always crowds, it's always people, sometimes hundreds or thousands of them, right? Like the uh, jumping to the prison, um, the uprising towards the prison. You know, you feel there are like thousands of extras there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but even in more intimate moments, Shaheen's frame is always a generous one. You know, you always see foreground and background, or, you know, there's a cafe scene, and when you see a close-up, you don't just see the close-up of Hatim. But you see, a, mm. you know, you see the waiter and other customers in the background, right? In Shaheen cinema, there are always people in the world. Yeah, they're always part of a community, even if they are cut off that community or anti that community. Or, you know, the community is something that has to be confronted by the individual or the self or accommodated. Mm. Or, yeah, and I thought that was very interesting because, you know, that's the way that he, shoot, he shoots, right? He sometimes has extreme close-ups. You know, but usually it's a middle distance shot or a long shot. And even in the close-ups, the close-ups generously allow for the world to be to be part of that. Yeah, yeah. Which That's is... interesting. It would be fascinating to know more about the contribution of the, of, of, of the two directors mm. of this. You know, was it a collaboration throughout the film or are the sequences that Shaheen didn't film? I thought the film was also a very Marxist film. Yeah, Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, the power is always in the people. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's the proletariat who can change the world. (laughs) (laughs) In this case, kind of, you know, I think Shaheen's understanding of proletariat is really, like, let's say expansive, because, you know, it includes people in the professions, right? You know, uh, film directors, people like that. (laughs) Yes. And school teachers and DAs. Yeah. <laughs> the power resides in the people. Yeah. And the people is everybody, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the institutions are anti the people. 
yeah, they exploit and oppress and milk and and mistreat and are unjust towards, right? So I think, and in in, you know, this is very typically Shaheen, this whole narrative, you know, in that sense. And and it's interesting that this, you know, you can view this as, as you know, his commentary on on Mubarak and and the you know the the, the final years of that regime. And so, and then you look back and you see his commentary on, uh, you know, the when NASA um, took over and over, the monarchy had been overthrown, then later on with, um, you know, his fights with NASA, and then later on under Sadat, and this sort of the, the way he's kind of um, throughout his career sort of been one of the you know, obliquely critiquing the the government of the day mm. um in, in in various forms and when you you know when you you look at his films and look at when they were made and look at what was going on in egyptian history around that period you you can always work out what he's talking about yes and he's and he's never saying yeah the government are doing a great job it's all he's, he's always critiquing along with a critique another thing that i found that was very kind of typically shaheen and typically you know wonderful was the inclusion of what can be called musical numbers, mm. right? So the scenes with the prostitutes dancing in jail, Hatem trying to let loose in the mosque, yeah, at the imam's instructions, the scene with the tango, the scene with the young girl trying to dance, right? Like there's quite a lot of moments, you know, mm. like that, each kind of, you know, modest, but each kind of very significant and and fully musical, I think. I think one thing that I, that struck me about it, and I I don't know whether going into this film he knew this was going to be his last film. I think by the end of the film he knew it was his last film. Um, but that you in, in some ways it really kind of looks back on his whole career and 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 the, the, I, I sort of no, noticed resonances there with many of the earlier films. So the sequence at the end where the uh, you know the two mothers. Uh, the two mothers of Egypt leading the crowd on the police yes. station. It kind of reflects the end of the Sparrow, where you know, Very the, much the so, mother yes. of Egypt is doing that. The scene, and I was trying to remember the scene where the girls dragged onto the boat. Um, I, I, I think that happens in one of the fifties films. I think so too. Fifties melodramas, but I can't remember which one. And I might be, I might be thinking of a Taiwanese film because we've watched so much. But it, but I, th- but it, it sort of, I do remember the. the perhaps no, one of the it reminded me ones. of that film, the one on the docks. Yeah, with Dark, Dark uh, Waters. Yeah, yeah with uh, yeah. um, Hamama and Sharif. That's right, right. Except yeah. there, you know, there's a, a couple of scenes in the water, and at the end, of course, you know, they fall into the water and embrace, right? Mm. And this moment where she runs away, it really reminded me of that. But though, of course, the ending is completely different. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But it definitely had that resonance of. Exactly, and he, you know, right at the end of his career, he's making this film, and, and it's a, you know, as you said, it's a classic melodrama. Um, the the, you know, the melodrama element of it would have been less explicit, but that could have been made in by him in the fifties. Yes. Uh, but with this political critique around it and this critique of police brutality, which again we've had earlier. I mean, because also you know the torture scenes, you know, Jamila, the Jamila. Although actually, what it really reminded me of, because the the scenes where he's got all the the young student protesters kind of chained, chained to the wall shirtless being mm. um, tortured with, with, with electric prods reminded me of that trashy one the uh, Al Karnak the, oh yes uh, uh, which I, I can't remember who directed it but the one based on a Nigib Mahfouz novel yes so, so yeah that but was, the student that protests also appear at the beginning of an Egyptian story don't they isn't that yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, I think the film is really consistent with his, uh, you know, the themes recur. It's almost like an amalgamation of all of them. And yet, you know, what's wonderful about the film is that it still, you know, it, it offers not only an analysis, but it retains a kind of an emotional power. Yeah, it, it draws you in. Right, it kind of makes you gleeful or excited, or I can't believe I'm seeing this. You know, the, the scenes with Hatem masturbating outside the girl's window, <laughs> like you know, I mean, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were points like that where, as I say, it was really putting me in mind of John Waters. It's just that that kind of uh, it was so over the top and 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 pulpy. But then you're t you're just totally drawn in by it, and you're into this world. And by certainly by the, by the end, when it takes that very dark turn with the, with the assault. Um, and then the, you know the final scenes with 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 the riot and, and when you think of the resonance that has in terms of what you know what happened in Egypt to, three or four years later, but was presumably already brewing at, mm. at that at that time. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. I think. Though, I mean, I think you know these are the kinds of things that you see in John Waters films, but obviously in a very different way, but yeah. also to, to a very different effect because. You know, when I watch those scenes, I think of oh, poor man, right? Like, you know, this is, you know, the society's killing him. Why doesn't he just have a happy wank somewhere, you know, buy a magazine, <laughs> right? You know, or get off with someone, you know, even if he has to pay for it. Why, like, why all this torture, mm, yeah, mm. around it, right? You know, because, I mean, those ideas are socially prescribed ideas and prohibitions. And, you know, and in that sense, you know, the 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 imams and the priests and everything have screwed him up as much as anybody else, right? And you feel he yeah, is yeah. also a victim of that kind of, you know, that he's he's both pervy and laughable, but also it's very sad, right? Whereas I think with like Waters, you feel a sense of liberation. Yeah, do it, it's fun. Mm. <laughs> so uh, here there is a, a kind of a torturedness to it all, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one thing that I didn't, and I don't think it's commented on, and uh, it took me a few scenes to notice it was the, the you know, there's, a, there's a whole thing with the um, he's trying to steal a valuable painting from the yes. police chief's office yes. and then the painting just gets destroyed he um, destroys it <laughs> yeah just get um, destroyed <laughs> yeah. he rips but, it up <laughs> he, he rips the painting up but the the the, the blow-up photo he's got of of nor in the with the head superimposed with the, with the woman in the bikini where he shoots the eyes out, it's it's on his wall in that frame. Oh, I didn't notice that. The, yeah, I think so, I think so, because he's, he's taken this like 300-year-old frame and then used it to store his uh, badly photoshopped and the film, image. And this is another theme in Shaheen, you know, this adoration uh, of culture, of philosophy, mm. this valuing of knowledge, Right, this kind of defending it against the hordes of barbers, you know, bar barbarians that are always kind of at the gate. You know, the film yeah, has yeah. that theme as well through that figure where, you know, the guy gets impatient and wants to just cut the painting so it can be put into another frame. And he ends tearing it up, you know, completely destroying the painting and then saying, oh, you here, go fix it, go put it back together as if it were a <laughs> jigsaw puzzle or something, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is a very typical. Uh, uh, Shaheen theme, if you think, you know, that film that was set in Spain about the philosopher. Mm. Yeah. Um, is that Destiny? I think. The, yeah, it might be Destiny. Yeah. Um, you know, so these are again recurring themes, yeah, that, that kind of, 
you know, that have concerned him his whole life. So in a way, it's lovely to see them all amalgamated into, uh, you know, this one narrative, you know, uh, with a lifetime of skill behind it in the way that it's depicted, really. Exactly. I mean, uh, what really struck me watching this is, is that, you know, he, he really kind of went out with a bang and it, it was a, a, you know, highly accomplished film. He wasn't pulling any punches. It was, I mean, yeah, clearly he was, unfortunately he was ill, so was un unable to complete filming, but he presumably had a contingency plan and hence having uh, having the other guy involved and, uh, you know, the, the film was completed as it was and, and, and came out, but yeah. And All right. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, this is going to be our last Shaheen film for a while, at least until we can source, you know, some of the ones we're yeah. missing. Yeah, I was looking through his filmography. I think we've done about thirty of his films, and there's about fifteen that we've not managed to do. But mm -hmm. so we think we've done we've done pretty well, given that given that only one of his films has ever been released on DVD in the UK. <laughs> <which is quite laughs> <well>. <laughs> Uh, we know that they've all been restored, and they, you know, uh, you know, it's great that a few more turned up on on movie recently, and and you know, hopefully more will become accessible. Yes, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, as they become accessible to us, we will cover them until we complete the entire earth. So, so stick with us. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Uh, yeah, and we are thinking a lot about cinema, the Yusuf Shaheen podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.